Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Exchanges Discourses podcast. I'm Dr Gareth J. Johnson, the Managing Editor-in-Chief of Exchanges, the Interdisciplinary Research Journal, published by the Institute of Advanced Study at the University of Warwick. Thanks for joining me today. Now, last episode, I took a look back at our most recent journal issue, which, of course, like all our back issues, you can find free and openly accessible on the web. Do let us know if you find a favourite article in there, as it's always great to hear from our readers about what they like to see. Now, like many of you, I can't believe we've reached the start of a new academic year already, but that does seem like a great opportunity for us to take a look ahead. Hence, I thought I'd talk today about one of our newest initiatives for the journal, Special Issues. So, if you've ever thought to yourself, wouldn't it be great to pull a special themed issue together, but I'm not sure where to start? This episode is dedicated to you. We'll be looking at it from what I would call the Special Issues Lead Academics perspective, and that is very much the scholar who makes the initial approach to us as the journal. And in the episode, I'm going to talk you through some of the most important considerations you might like to think about ahead of having a chat with myself or one of our other editors when you come to us to propose the issue. Let's hope you find it helpful. Here at Exchanges, we published our very first special issue early in 2020, and that was, of course, our much-lauded cannibalism volume. However, you can see traces of earlier themed efforts stretching back right to the journal's foundation, because since then, like many other titles, we've often made themed calls for contributions to issues, albeit for articles which, of course, have eventually appeared alongside non-themed ones as part of our regular issues. Now, when I came aboard as Editor-in-Chief in 2018, I confess there had been a recent flurry of effort looking at pulling together a special issue on sovereignty and nations. Sadly, progress towards producing the issue hadn't really been as coordinated as might have been ideal, which meant despite my best efforts, the content for this uh, would-be special issue largely evaporated, which I always thought was a real shame. Now, in stark contrast, when I was approached at the start of 2019 to consider developing a couple of special issues for exchanges, I was able to reflect on the learning experience from this earlier false start. Overridingly, the key lesson from an editorial perspective was the importance of clearly defining from the outset everyone's expectations, aims and intended outcomes for the prospective issue right from the very start. Consequently, with these uncertainties refined out from day one, we were able to make a better and eventually more successful progress towards publishing a special issue. Working on what was to eventually become our cannibalism special issue, it also helped in that it crystallised the key questions I wanted to ask of any prospective special issue lead in any future encounters. Now this turned out to be really invaluable as we started to work towards our second, third and fourth special issue, all of which will hopefully be seeing publication throughout 2021, so watch out for them. Looking back on our conversation for that first special issue some 18 months on now, we were very lucky that our first special issue lead was highly engaged, adaptable and very responsive to communication throughout the whole process. Now I am probably biased as she's recently joined our editorial board, but for me this kind of responsiveness would be something I'd advocate to all prospective special issue lead academics. Mind you, getting more involved with the journal's editorial side following a special issues publication isn't something we'd always expect to happen, but it's always a potential. 
And certainly, developing some fantastic working relationships have been a real ancillary benefit to the whole special issue production process. Enough about my learning journey. What about the considerations that a potential special issue lead needs to think about? From our earlier experiences, I've developed a series of 13 key questions, which today I would work through with the issue leads as part of our initial conversation framework. Now, I thought, rather than laboriously wading through those today, I had no wish for this episode to turn into a BuzzFeed listicle, I thought instead I'd briefly talk about what are the key elements. Chief among them, then, in our opening conversations is a need to know what your envisaged issue concept is. What are the themes? What are the topics to be addressed? And ideally, why should exchanges varied, interdisciplinary audience be interested in reading about them? Now, for my own part, I can and do get very excited about all kinds of different scholarship, and we are a journal that's fairly holistic in terms of what we consider publishing. But I would say it is important if you're looking to pitch an issue to us that you do try and make it sound appealing to our audience as well from the outset. Part of this pitch is identifying people you envisage contributing to the special issue. This doesn't have to include specific names, but if you do have colleagues eager to write for it, this can be a real bonus in terms of securing sufficient content to create the eventual issue. When we're approached about a special issue, it's always encouraging to learn if the leads already have, you know, maybe half a dozen potential collaborators in mind already, particularly since our rule of thumb for an issue to be published is a minimum of five papers. I should say as well, in terms of the scope of who we're publishing with an issue, we have always been a title looking to showcase work by and for early career researchers. And while it isn't a deal breaker in terms of potential contributors, we do try and make sure wherever possible that we can include newer scholars to contribute to it. Now with our various special issues, we've used a variety of models to attract authors, including open calls for abstracts or entire papers, We've invited specific contributors, and we've also, of course, drawn from materials that are written by a pre-selected author community. I've certainly found each of these approaches have different advantages in terms of the considerations like the topic covered and the achievable publication timescales. None of them are ideal and they all have certain flaws, but it's good to consider from the very start how your proposed special issue is going to attract the best content it can. Okay, so you've thought about your outline pitch, you know roughly who and how you're going to attract them to write for the issue. So what's the next step? Well, the third step is knowing what is your anticipated timescale to publication. It's worth recalling that as Editor-in-Chief, I am the only paid employee on exchanges, and that's in a part-time capacity. Our board and editors are also volunteers who balance their work for us alongside their arguably more crucial paid employment. All of this impacts on how fast we can get a journal special issue to publication, and that's even without accounting for the time it will take for authors to write and reviewers to conduct their work as well. There's also the issue here of how long any calls for papers will be open for, and if the issue is intended to be linked to an already fixed date, such as, for example, a conference. Now, it's been my experience that from the initial approach to us to the point of publication under our current resources, that we would need around 18 months to produce a special issue. Now, if you're thinking, well, I need that special issue far faster, it might be feasible, 
but it would likely to be one that we're not relying on an open call and potentially including work that's already been written or is well on its way to becoming an article. Or alternatively, not including as much peer-reviewed material using only editorial-reviewed uh, quality assurance processes. Certainly, open calls and peer-reviewed pieces are great for ensuring a special issue is more inclusive, comprehensive, impactful. But each of these considerations will push up the timescale to publication. Now this leads neatly into our fourth consideration for any proposal. Does the special issue bring with it any additional resource we can use to support the journal's work? Now what I'm really talking about here is, well, for example, are there funds to allow us to buy in more editorial support time or incentivize the other contributing editors in some way? This is something which could certainly go some way to help reduce publication timescales. Now, of course, a resource to be beneficial need not only be financial, as for example, knowing which institutions are involved and are behind the approach for a special issue can help us as a journal demonstrate to our own paymasters the benefit of our continued operation. This kind of political capital cannot be underestimated, which is one of the reasons I personally, as the Editor-in-Chief, get very excited when we collaborate with institutions outside of the West Midlands. Helping our journal to continue evolving away from its original Warwick centricity can, I believe, only benefit the title in the long run. Finally, it might seem minor, but uh, knowing any plans you might have to promote the call for papers or publication of the issue are valuable too. For example, you might have a planned conference at which we can launch the call for contributions or promote the publication of the issue, and this helps in raising the journal's visibility or, of course, attracting a wider range of contributing authors. I personally love popping up at these events, or virtually these days, I guess, but again, if you need me at them, my time is limited, so we do need to make sure there's enough lead time there. That said, Exchanges is always open to exploring media routes new and old to promote our special issues or our calls for papers. And so this is another area that's well worth exploring in our early conversations. There you have it. If you've been thinking about a potential special issue published with Exchanges, you should now have a fairly good idea of the sort of information you'll need to bring with you to that initial meeting. Hopefully if you do, this should really mean we're beginning a long and really exciting partnership which will lead to the eventual publication of a worthy addition to the scholarly literature. There probably are other questions we need to answer around the practicality, the editorial labour, or even things almost as trivial as the running order, but these are topics which we can address once the special issue starts to move forward. After all, the proposal is only the start of a 18-month journey, not the end point. I should note that um, currently all of our under-preparation special issues should see publication in the first half of next year, which means for exchanges, our schedule for the latter half of 2021 and into 22 is currently looking wide open to approaches from other potential special issue collaborators. Will one of them be you? If you've been inspired by today's discussion to propose a special issue for the journal, then get in touch with us and we can talk about it further. Though for now, I'm Dr. Gareth J. Johnson, your host for this Exchanges Discourse podcast. I hope you'll be joining us for the next episode where there is potentially a special guest coming along. Remember, you can always find out more about our journal on the web at exchanges.warwick.ac.uk 
or on Twitter at Exchanges IAS. Or, of course, if you'd like to get in touch with a question, a suggestion or an idea for the podcast, or even to discuss a potential journal article submission to us, you can always get in touch with me via exchangesjournal at warwick.ac.uk. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to like, share and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you.